Howdy, folks. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell, your favorite fantasy, sci-fi, and horror movie podcast. My name is Joe DeRosa. Sitting across. <laughs> Let's, why are you looking at me like that? I'm just, yeah, I'm Pat Walsh. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. You were looking at me like I was doing it wrong or something. Uh, was no. I, did I have a weird inflection? thought you did a great job. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. Pat, how are you? Um, I'm pretty good, you know. Going on meetings, uh, <clears throat> haven't eaten, I'm irritable, went to the dentist this morning, as you might have heard in the Quip ad, that wasn't bullshit. I don't have a, a Grandpa Frank, I made that up, but the rest is true. Right. Do you like a great dental appointment? Do you feel good when you lick your tongue along the, the ivories? There are a few things I hate more than a dental appointment. Uh, I don't have dentist fears or anything like that, but I hate going. I hate going. Yeah. I don't like a man in my mouth. <laughs> sure. In every sense of that term. Sure. Uh, I, I, I just am not a fan. I don't like going to the doctor and the dentist for some reason. They poke you. They prod. Yeah, and there's always those. I hate the smell of a doctor's office, that sterile, yeah. you know, jerk off booth smell yeah. like you know each kind of yeah it's just i i, I just don't i don't now, I care talked about on this podcast when i had a uh, something removed from my hand uh, maybe i didn't i go walking out to the parking lot and my hand just starts gushing blood pouring dumping blood that i was trying to cover with a uh, parking validation slip uh-huh and I walked in and I was like, hey, guys, you know, blood all down the hallway. I'm on like the 14th floor. So blood in the elevator. Everyone looking at me like, what does this guy have that I'm catching right now? Right. Um, just awful. And the guy has been a terrible doctor. <laughs> and every time I go to the doctor, I have health insurance through the Writers Guild. It's supposed to be good insurance. They do pay well for the insurance. I, I go, I'm going to try some new guy in Burbank. <laughs> You know, I, I'm sitting in the room for 45 minutes. Uh -huh. no, no one comes and says a word to me. Then he comes in. There's no checkup of any kind. He talks to me for like two minutes and he's done. I can't get a good appointment. I go to a doctor now who talked to me for three hours about his life, about the Republican Party and, and what, what's become of it. And <laughs> until I had to say, sir, I have to leave now. <laughs> and I know there are other patients out there. But I can't find a good doctor. I did find a good dentist, but it's 45 minutes away. Um, I, you I know. got a line you can give that 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 chatty doctor next time. Go ahead. You, got, you go, hey, hey, doc, for a patient, I'm running out of patience here. Yeah, that's good. You know? When you look this guy up, every review of him on Yelp is like, look, this thing, this is either for you or it's not. But he's going to talk to you for a couple of hours about his life, and I, it's not. But yeah. the the problem is, he was a good doctor. Doctor, you can't get anybody who's good at everything. I got a better line version of that line. Better than patience. Okay, you wait till you wait till he's like forty five minutes in. You go, hey doc. Uh, apparently, I'm not the only. Apparently, you're not the only one with a lot of patience around here. You say it like that. Because you also are exhibiting patience. Exactly. That's a little better. I like that better. Yeah, it's fine. Now, can I ask you a question? Because sometimes you'll hit me with a hard-hitting question right off the top. Sure. Why have you been nonstop complaining about the Bill Cosby verdict? <laughs> uh, well, as Kanye West once screamed with a thousand exclamation points, Bill Cosby innocent. <laughs> I don't believe... One of these 72 women who have come forward. <laughs> and I certainly don't believe there are other women who have not come forward. 72 women. All he had to do was kill himself uh, with a bomb. I know. And he would have went to Allah and gotten 72 virgins. That's right. You know, I don't know what the exact number is. It's a lot. Well, I know um, the Allah number is 72. All I know is the man made me smile on TV when I was a kid. And uh, for that reason and that reason alone, he couldn't have done this. 
bold stance from Pat Walsh. Uh, no, I hope say he, you're kidding now, so everybody knows you're kidding. I'm c- kidding. I hope he dies in prison. He will die in prison. Well, they're saying he's not probably not going to see jail time because of like his age and his condition and all that stuff. Oh, that's too bad. You know, there's a whole. Th- I'm going to just tap on it and get off. Tap it. But what's making me real angry these days is people who spend every second of their day-to-day life doing the most disgusting, depraved, sick things to their fellow man and woman. And then we're supposed to take pity on them. That, that's right. Cosby. Look, he's an old man. Yeah, he raped upwards of 100 women, probably much, much more than that. I'm not... This the White House Correspondence Dinner. Hey, how dare you say something mean about these people who wake up, clock in, and then destroy everyone in America's life until they clock out? I think the Cosby jail thing, this is not me defending him not going to jail, because yeah. I do think he should go to jail. Um, but I think that's I don't think that's a pity thing. I think that's it's about medical expenses and them not being able to afford to put certain type of people into prison because of the medical costs it might incur. I think that's what it is. Then throw him off a bridge. You yeah, know? Well, you know. What, what what do you want from my mom's calling. Should I answer it on the podcast? Put it on speaker. If you're doing it. You love that. You like, Mom. You like yeah. No, Mom, it listen, we're on the podcast and I'm recording you. So what? Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> what did you say? I'm gonna- all right, I'm going to hang up, okay? All right, is everything all right? Yeah, everything is fine. You want to say anything to the listeners? No. All right, I'll call you Bye. later. Bye. Bye. That's old mom Dukes. All right. I would have <laughs> maybe uh, had her take us to her movie corner, see what she's up to. <laughs> uh, she really didn't sound like she wanted any part of this. All right. Did you? Did, I said, do you want to say anything to listeners? No. Yeah, that's true. She really bounced fast. Um, um, or she could have voiced an opinion on Bill Cosby, who I, uh, you know, throw him in the traffic. We're, we're done with it. <laughs> we're done with you. Enough. Um, what uh, what else is going on in your life, Walsh? I uh, I have uh, I am approaching the one and a half months mark of no booze. It's very impressive. Uh. But, well, actually, no, it, it now is in the past. Uh, at the time of the release of this, I will have already hit the one and a half month mark. And I will also have been through your weekend long bachelor party in. We'll see if you have not drank on this bachelor. Yeah. In Las Vegas. Now, you were saying. Because it's the bachelor party, and then two weeks later is the wedding. You were saying you were probably going to return to drinking at my wedding, but maybe the bachelor party. It wouldn't be outrageous for you to have a couple pops in Vegas. Uh, I might use the bat if I want to. If in the mo- to. if in the moment I feel like I don't want to, then I won't. I'm not going to force myself. But if I do want to drink, and I do think at the bachelor party it would make a significant difference in the time I'm having and celebrating you, I will, and I'll just use it as a test. If I can come home from that and not indulge for two weeks until your wedding. I think you can definitely do that. And it's not a problem or anything, then great. Yeah. If I come home and I start slipping into, well, it's Tuesday. I drank Sunday. Who cares? You know, right. Then I know that I can't do this, you know? So, okay. uh, so I think regardless, it's going to be a fun weekend. I think it's going to be a great time. Got a great group uh, of people. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. You know, typical bachelor party stuff. We'll all be having a lot of unprotected sex with prostitutes <laughs> the entire time, doing uh, cocaine rails off a party where there's a donkey walking around for some sure. reason. You know, we'll, we'll all have our ties tied to our heads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody wearing a lampshade. Right, right, right. Somebody's going to show up with, uh, with, uh, 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 oh boy! God damn it! What was the drug they always used to take that they don't make anymore? That those pills in the seventies everybody took, like at Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, Ludes. Ludes. Yeah, yeah somebody's yeah. going to show up with Ludes. Yeah, somebody might show up with Ludes. I think the only thing that you mentioned there that will take place is uh, drugs. 
I don't think you're gonna see any cocaine. But we got we got a lot of married men going on this trip. We got yeah. a lot of you know men with new babies going on this trip. I mean, people are gonna rein it in. I think keep it tight. Well, I I didn't think that anybody would be having unprotected sex with prostitutes, <laughs> but I did think a donkey might show up. Sure, and that's the most innocent of anything we mentioned, in my opinion. You could probably get a donkey in Las Vegas if you want to. Uh, I just watched an episode of Cops from Vegas. Hooker got busted. In Vegas? On the strip. That's what the cop said. He goes, you know, everybody thinks it's legal. It's not legal. You can't be doing this on the strip. You're banned from the strip. You can't do this. So what can you do? You can have them come to your room? No, hooking is not legal in Vegas proper. It's legal in areas around it. Oh, like those ranches. And yeah. Okay. And but but and like, you know, it's it's like the weed laws in Amsterdam. You know, weed is, you know, technically you're not supposed to smoke weed outside in Amsterdam. I'm sure people right. do it and nobody kind of cares. Right. I think that's how it is with the hooker laws in uh, yeah. in Vegas. But yeah, the I saw an episode of Cops. All right. Fair <clears throat> it's a very um, fun show to watch if you've never seen it. I, I don't I don't have it in me. I, I couldn't uh, couldn't make love to a prostitute. The fear would be too great. Oh, I thought you meant watching cops. No, I've watched cops. I always like the New Orleans cops. Yeah, there's always a real drunk on there. I really grew to appreciate the rapport between the cops and the perps. Sure. Because they'll just be like, they just talk like they're having coffee. Like right. it's like heat. And the cop will be like, what'd you run for, man? You know we're going to catch you. The guy's yeah. like, I don't know, man. I just thought I could get away. He's like, yeah, no, I hear you. But anyway, listen, sit here, all right? You want some water? Yeah. <laughs> and they turn the camera off, and the, the perp is savagely beaten. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a post-cops world. No, they People, still make it. They make new cops? Yeah, I just watched a ton of them with my dear friend Big J Okerson. I was and they were new cops. Yeah. They, I said to him, I go, are these new? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, this show is still, still going strong. It's on like, you know, Spike or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're I still making Spike them. became the Paramount Network. And they do theme ones now. They always did theme ones. I didn't know that. There was one that was like bad girls. And it was yeah. all like women doing crazy shit. All right. I never well, saw a themed. What I'm looking it? through our Facebook page trying to find one of the many requests for a Joe song, and I can't find any now that I need them, of course. You but know what I was thinking? What? Maybe you switch it up from songs. Maybe it's time to move on to a new thing. To what? I am quite tired of having to think of one of these each week. Maybe you switch it to movie lines now. I would like that. But nah, I don't think that's going to work. Why would it not work? I don't think it's going to work. We've gotten so many requests. I think the movie lines could work. To what? A movie movie line that starts with Joe? Or a word that sounds like Joe. <sighs> I don't want to do it. For instance, you'd go and get on with the Joe Ho Ho Merry Christmas, like that kind of thing. That's but not a line from a movie. It's a it's in maybe somebody. It's said. in a movie somewhere. I'm sure. Here I'll do. Let's get on with the show and on with the Joe Ho Ho and a bottle of rum. <laughs> there you go. All right, that's the new thing. Pirate songs only. <laughs> All right, that should be easy to come up with weekend and week out. <laughs> oh boy, what's uh, the one from Jaws? Joe, any ladies who want to make babies, send them on over to me. Joe, ho, 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 Joe, ho, 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 Joe, ho, 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 Joe, ho, 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 Joe, Joe, ho, ho. That's not a pirate song. It's the Jaws theme. Oh, okay. You fucking cocksucker. Joe's? Joe's. I think we just got to let it go. I'm tired of doing it. I'm sick of hearing it, to be honest with you. I think it's the end. Today is the end. Somebody found the first one the other day. The first song? A transcript. The first one that we did. The first time we discussed it. Just just go back to the on with the... Just saying it. Like the when you'd say it with a funny voice. All right. Get back to the roots. Get back to the basics. All right. You know, this thing has gotten... This is like the new Marvel film. It's too big. It's too much. Uh, well, we are going to do it, which means I have to see it. And 
I mean, it just nothing could be less appealing to me. So I see that running time. <coughs> oh, baby, and you are, you are so. I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to say a word. We will wait till for the review. I don't want to ruin anything. I mean, just we got we got into this crazy place where every superhero movie is like, oh, this is the one that changes the game. Every single one. This one, I haven't really even seen any like passionate, loving reviews of it, any kind words, and yet everybody seems to love it. Uh, I have. I know the ending is bothering a lot of people. I don't know why. I've seen plenty of reviews. Your boy Peter Travers said, like, oh, you know, it. Fuck Peter Travers. It, like, redefined the, the way we think. That's enough. <laughs> Go to take a glass of warm milk and lie down. Your career is done. You know what I'm really sick of? The hyperbole in this fucking business. Of course. I'm sick of seeing people on magazine covers where it's like, they're changing the game. Is Hollywood ready to ante up? <laughs> How many times is somebody going to change the game yeah. this year? Right. Just stop it. Jesus Christ. Brendan Fraser is turning Hollywood on its ear. It's like, what? You mean oh he's, he's accepting the few roles that have been offered to him? I don't know why you're going after him. They're not saying it about him. I guess I shouldn't go after don't him. He was sexually assaulted. I forgot. Uh, folks, let me tell you this. If Kevin Spacey grabbed my dick, it wouldn't be a traumatic memory. It would be my closer, <laughs> folks. I've always liked Brennan Fraser. I shouldn't have gone after him. But, I mean, you do. You look at every magazine as like, well, uh, Andy Bromavo is really having a hell of a year. Who the fuck you're is like, Andy Who Bromavo? the fuck is Andy Bromavo? Is I that guess, a person that you just said? I just made him up. Oh, okay. But you're like, I guess he's having a hell of a year. I don't know. The immediate picture it brought to mind was Andy Richter, except with jet black slicked back hair. <laughs> like if they had him in a sketch where he was playing like a Bond type guy. Yeah. That's right. who I pictured Andy Bramavo being. I just made him up. Maybe I'll write a, a whole feature about him when I get home. Speaking of features, can I take you down to Pat's movie corner for a moment? I'd love it if you took me there. Uh, the first picture I saw, I had a meeting over at uh, Happy Madison, and I was like, I better watch their new uh, offering, the the week of, <laughs> starring Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, right. Rachel Dratch. Something about he's a cowboy who used to be a spy and he's getting married or something. He's just a man. I mean, look, this is the movie somehow. And Smigel wrote it, Robert Smigel. Right. Who was a genius. Right. And, uh, and he, I was like, okay, let me, let me see what this is going to be. I'm, ex- I'm kind of excited to see it. Um, the plot is just Chris Rock makes a lot of money. Adam Sandler is poor their kids are getting married right sandler wants to do it his way in long island it's his daughter and chris rock's like let me pay for a nicer wedding the movie is two full hours of this (laughs) real mild dilemma and you keep waiting for these moments it was written by smigel and sandler who are guys who now they can't blame studio notes network notes etc i mean i'm sure netflix chimes in with a few things but I think one of the main parts of this deal with Sandler and Netflix was, we'll give you some money. You make whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. And this is what they're bringing to the table, you know? And I saw this thing get some good reviews, too. But What's the dilemma? I don't even understand what the, what the conflict that's it. is. Sandler wants to do a, like a wedding, you know, in like a low rent kind of like banquet hall. Right. And Chris Rock's like, won't you just let me help you out? I got the money. And that dilemma is start to finish the entire movie. Well, let me tell you. And let me tell you why I might just... I have not seen the film, but let me there's, tell you why... There's no great gags. That's that Spade Sandler movie had better gags in it. Let me tell you why I might disagree with you about this not being strong enough for a film. This exact storyline was plenty strong to carry half an episode of Frasier. Yes, okay. So the fact that they've now stretched a B subplot to two hours. To two hours. Not 90. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that worries me. Uh, I, I 
I, I, I've, I've met both Chris Rock and Adam Sandler. They're both very nice men. Yeah. I don't know them. I've enjoyed some of their work. I don't want to see this film. Rock seems to still have the urge to, you know, write something of interest. He'll do a movie every five years that at least has interesting themes and subject matter, et cetera. Sandler, I think, is very content to just kind of do this. He'll act in something great every, again, five years. But it was just kind of depressing. I mean, even the Ridiculous Six was like more ambitious and had a, had a really funny set piece in it. Yeah, at least was it was kind of nothing. Yeah, at least it was a big swing. Like, why don't we do a comedy western? Right. You know, that doesn't get done very often. All right. Well, uh, I haven't been watching much um, because I've been uh, rewatching the entire Roseanne series. Mm-hmm. Given the new one that came out, I've been enjoying it. And uh, so I went back and started rewatching old Roseanne's. And much like uh, Frasier. It's too quality of a show to turn it into some goofy segment on this show, but uh, sure. But I've been enjoying myself, and uh, I am more impressed now with the new one as I rewatch the old ones because the uh, the way they recaptured, particularly the earlier seasons of that show, and the vibe and the tone and the subject matter is is impressive. That's not an easy thing to just jump back into, um, right? The only thing that's not quite there is that that easygoing uh, Goodman Roseanne chemistry uh, in the new verge. It's not quite as natural. I mean, for Roseanne to never have acted and be that natural of an actress in the like she's not. People criticize her for not being a good actress, but it's the same as Jerry Seinfeld. Like the two of them are both like really weirdly natural actors where yeah. they're able to keep their persona, but to me, they never felt like a comedian doing a. She does she does the thing that I've found the most hard as an actor, which is take whatever you're actually doing in that moment and just fold it into the scene. Like when she starts laughing, yeah, she incorporates it in. Yeah. Like that's what's supposed to be happening. That's really fucking hard to do and yeah. not stop and go, Oh fuck, I, I fucked up. Well, can we start again? Her laughter at Goodman and the early ones always seem supernatural and they seem like they love each other and et cetera. I think it's just a matter of Goodman having not done multicam in so long yeah. and Roseanne having not acted in so long. And I think I think they'll get back to the groove. But it's close enough now that uh that I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. Uh I always uh what related to I related to the most when I watched Roseanne was the constant threat of spousal abuse. What do you mean? It's always seemed like maybe that's in you know your season threes and fours because I rewatched it ten years ago or something. Like Goodman throws a chair across the room at one point in an argument with Roseanne. Like it always felt to me like he was about to raise his fist, and I'm surprised they never went there on that show. Um, um, but but I never took that from it. But go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, that just that tension of like he's out in the garage drinking or he's angry and the fights always seemed real or whatever i it it reminded me a lot of the dynamic in my home the tension that probably came from work being brought into the home place so that's funny because it reminded me of the tension in my home too but i never had a fear of spousal abuse in my house because my dad wouldn't have done it yeah but 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 there was still that that those big explosive arguments. Right. So when I see it on Roseanne, I just always thought like, oh yeah, they're like a family. Families fight like that sometimes. Yeah. People throw shit because they're like, I'm so angry, I have to throw something, and now I'm going to walk out of the house. Sure. But um, you know, different strokes for different folks. Pat. Another great sitcom. Um, you know, Never I disagree. It. I've only seen the child molestation one over and over. Yeah, I, I have a VHS copy that I watch all day. Criterion should do that. They should release <laughs> the, the dark episodes as as you know Blu-rays. Um, I'd buy it absolutely. What else did you see, my man? Well, I watched the new Kevin James stand-up special. I watched two ends of the stand-up spectrum. I, Let's say that <laughs> I watched it as well. I watched the new Kevin James and the new Mulaney. So you're really talking about Ooh. two different points of view here yes uh kevin james first stand-up special but like pre-king of queens i believe is really funny and i despite what i know about the man 
and his behavior to people. I always found him to be funny, but lately there's a a laziness that he's eclipsed even the Sandlers and and everyone else because his career's only been around for you know a shorter period of time. Sure. But the laziness is kind of outrageous. I mean, these bits were like. Well, the kind of bitch you can find in his dog shit sitcom over on CBS. Um, that last night pulled in a point eight. This is the biggest movie star uh, in comedy for many, many years. So really, he was pulling in the same numbers uh, that uh, my show, which appeared 90 minutes later after three other subpar shows um, was making. But they're, they're leaving that one on the air for now. I assume it's about to get canceled. But um, these jokes these observations are i mean they were tired in the 80s the shit he's talking about in this stand-up special is like the food allergies are these a real real thing that's how he kicks off the bit i'm like dude you have you been to a comedy club and of course the answer is he hasn't (laughs) but it's like these jokes have been done thousands of times thousands of times um and he wasn't putting any sort of original spin on them they were lazy and for the first 20 minutes of the special the audience really wasn't with them uh they weren't really laughing it's not a it's not a great special uh i i I thought the encore bit was funny but just because he yelled well when it started i was kind of rolling my eyes he's like these bands they they go off stage then come back and do the encore and he's like nobody else does that at their job and i was like oh that's dumb but then when he actually did the accountant being like here are some of your taxes good night (laughs) like the Uh way he was screaming and the way walked off and faced the wall and he's like i'm not coming back give me more right i was like that's funny but again it was more funny that he was just yelling he could have been doing that voice or act out in any bit, and I would have been laughing just at him yelling. But yeah, I, I hear you. The special is not. It's it's very underwhelming. I didn't see Mulaney's. I'd like to. I'm sure it's very funny, or I would guess it's very funny, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the flip of the coin. It's like a an hour so overstuffed with great jokes and great bits that you almost don't want to laugh to like miss something. Uh, it's it's very tightly written. He's good, that kid. He's great. My only my only kind of weird thing about him is that he's gotten this kind of weird performer's confidence, I guess, from like, oh, hello, which was like just such a funny fucking live show. But he's kind of like walking the stage, like pr- kind of prowling it a little bit because he's at Radio City. And uh, it's a little jarring, you know, for a, <laughs> for a guy like that to have that kind of level of confidence. All right. But, um, you know, he's just changing his persona a little bit because he wants to conquer that next level, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it was super funny, super well-written, and, and I mean, he couldn't have had a better lead-in than fucking me watching the Kevin James special the night before. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I'll check it out. Uh, I buried the lead here. The other thing I saw. Yeah. Or maybe I didn't bury the lead. Maybe I'm just closing strong. Sling Blade. Over at Walsh Manor. Hadn't seen the film. Pat called me the other day, said, you want to come over and watch Sling Blade? I showed up with two cakes. Two sheet cakes, a chocolate and a vanilla. We the, s- not sheet cake. Sheet cakes. They're they're imagining the two foot by two. Not foot. the big sheet cake, right. but they were sheet cakes. They said sheet cake on them. Yeah, they were little sheet cakes. Right. Uh, and we we sliced off some some of each, and they were delicious Trader Joe's mini sheet cakes. And we watched Sling Blade, and I got to tell you, the film exceeded my expectations. I loved every minute of it. Uh, and the, the 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 most interesting thing about seeing it now for me for the first time was this is how the world was essentially introduced to Billy Bob Thornton. Right. So people were always like, this guy is a tremendous actor. I always thought Billy Bob Thornton was a great actor. Yeah. But I've only ever seen him play variations of Billy Bob Thornton. Right, right. Uh, so to, to know him so well as the sort of good old boy and then go back and see this where he's a different human being. Yeah. I was like, my God almighty, this guy is really, really fucking talented. And then I became obsessed. I look, I watched the short film on right. line. Molly Ringwald, right? Yeah. JT Walsh is also in the short film playing the same guy. Yeah. Um, and then I, I looked him up on Inside the Actor Studio because he does the character on stage like instantly. Yeah. I thought that was fascinating because the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, well, he directed this. Is he directing in this character? Like, or does he yeah. come out of it? And 
Yeah, it seems like he probably easily comes out of it. But uh, well, he said he just came from like being super depressed, doing the voice and the face and the mirror, and then he was like, maybe I'll make it into a movie. Yeah, and he said, um, yeah, he said he was he was his yeah, it was like he was doing a part in something, and he yeah started doing that in the mirror, and then he also said that it hurts. He said the posture of the character and the the underbite hurts, uh-huh. and the voice hurts uh, after I guess some time. But uh, I would believe it. It's. Uh, I loved it. I saw it twice in the theater, one after the other. It's been a favorite of mine forever. I wrote a paper on it in college. Wait, you went in back? You went back to backs? Did that with Adam Boogie Nights? Really? I think are the only two. Um, Yoakum, I think one of my favorite villains in movie history. He he is the uh, the like a true Missouri alcoholic, subtly abusive guy that like he just. Uh, really rang true and how I'll say these horrible things but like, I'm just fucking with you. It's like everyone I went to high school with. Um, love him. Love Ritter in the movie. Love Lucas Black, the kid in the movie who's still acting like the Fast and the Furious and stuff. Oh, how old is that kid now? He's probably 30. Oh, that's I didn't even think to look him up to see like... He's in the Fast and the Furious. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite movies. Robert Duvall making a, a bizarre appearance at the end. I, I just love it. Big fan. Yeah, man. That that's crazy. Duval comes in, in a real bit part. Yeah. He doesn't even have any lines. He's like two lines. Yeah, he goes fa, 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 fa. Is that supposed to be that he's like crazy? Yeah, I think he's crazy. Um, he kept his kid in a shed. Yeah, it also seems that he's got jars of piss on his uh yeah. end table there. I love the film. Surprisingly funny too. Uh, it had way more humor in it than I Very thought it funny. was gonna have. But uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. And that's one that's 2.15, incredibly slow-paced, and yet you don't feel it. No. You're caught up in it. I love the some that maybe a third or fourth viewing really sunk in for me is that everyone says Carl in a kind of a confused way at the end when he was walking off. And I think they all know that he's going to kill Yoakum. Yeah. And they all just give him that Carl, like, eh, I'm probably not going to stop him, but I know what's going on. Now, did you see that coming the first time you saw it? Because as soon as Yoakum came into the fold, I was like, oh, he he's going to kill him at the end. I think I just back. saw it when they were doing kind of like the music of him sharpening the blade and everything. But w- <laughs> right. which when you'd have but I, th- I thought it would go wrong or something would happen. Bad. No, but I they kinda... do spend a lot of time setting up that he does not want to leave the, the home. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Great film, if you haven't seen it. Great film. Well, we're at the 35-minute mark here. Can I take us to some deadlines? Please do. Over on uh, Scream My They're From their 24-hour news cycle. <laughs> uh, the, I'm just going to do one, as, as I usually do. Uh, John DeLorean, the car. John DeLorean estate sues over Back to the Future royalties. Okay. Uh, this came out seven days ago. Why Why now? Via Hollywood Reporter, because the fucking thing is all over Ready Player One. That's true. Uh, but it was also all over Back to the Future. Well, they're saying, uh, let's see here. According to a complaint in New Jersey federal court, the payment, uh, substantial, DeLorean alleges not receiving a substantial payment from the studio. The payment apparently went to DeLorean Motor Company. They're saying they're owed money. Uh, their own money. That's basically what it comes down to. Okay. Uh, y- you know, or they're claiming their own money. Um, you know, I obviously don't have time to read the whole uh story here, but it says no word on who, if anyone, was paid for the DeLorean in Steven Spielberg's recent film Ready Player One, which went to pains to license the material but might not have imagined this present dispute. Um, DeLorean couldn't be reached for comment, but according to the lawsuit, its attorney last week threatened to sue the estate for t- for torch- tortious excuse me, interference unless a request to Universal for payment was retracted. But, like, if I'm not mistaken, you don't have to pay to have a car in a movie. Yes, you do. You do? Yeah. Every car you see in a movie 
they're paying yeah you the can't company. just that's that, that's false av- you could have a movie that centers on rape and the guy's driving a nissan around and it's like nissan's like don't fucking put our car in with a rapist you know what i mean like you can't i guess it's false advert it's why you can't go on like talk shows it's why every time somebody tells a story on a talk show they have to go i can't say the name of it but we'll call it chick schmonald's you know what i mean uh-huh like you especially if you're being disparaging but yeah there's all kinds of stuff so it looks like basically what's happening is the delorean estate is suing the dmc motor company for saying that the dmc texas uh didn't pay them the money they should have or you know it's just another goddamn fucking thing in this fucking business where somebody says i should have got some money and they didn't get it and they're probably telling the truth because i will tell you people i can speak from experience when i tell you you got to chase down every fucking dime oh yeah that is owed to you in this goddamn fucking business you got to chase down every goddamn dime that is owed to you in this fucking business they were uh a big part of sort of uh signing the deal and everything to do my show they were like if it syndicates which it won't you have to uh you'll have to sue warner brothers and telling me this was like basically warner brothers they were like you'll you'll have to sue them to get the money that's how it works they'll say well we did our accounting and here's what we owe you and you'll be like that doesn't seem right there's millions of dollars here you have to get a lawyer you have to go through the whole process and then they're like oh yeah okay here's the money if you're in a if you do a big hit movie you'll have to sue to get that that money recouped because all they do is make up numbers it's like with the the lord of the rings they were like yeah but you know with marketing and all that we only made 17 bucks it's ridiculous no asshole now are you gonna open up the thing because in their mind they're like let's at least bluff it because maybe they won't sue us fucking ridiculous man fucking ridiculous um well anyway that's the world we live in and i'm sure it's not just a practice in this business no um well, there's your deadlines. We're, we're at the 40-minute mark. We haven't even announced our, our, our movie yet, but uh, today we are reviewing... Well, do you have anything for... Scary stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I do, actually, but I can save it till Go next ahead. time. You're a clock watcher on this podcast. I don't think the people appreciate it. Well, I'd, I'd like to give us adequate time to talk. Fine. You're hungry. It pains me to see it. I like my boy to be fed. Uh-huh. Uh, Joe, scary stuff. Yeah, I uh, purchased, I think I might have mentioned this before, but I didn't get into too much detail. I purchased The Last Jedi Blu-ray, which came out a few weeks back at this point. People, I am so ripped up about this movie. I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, I saw it the first time in the theater. We reviewed it on this podcast. I liked it okay uh, when we were doing the review directly after we had seen the film. Days later, I loathed it. I fucking hated it. The second time I saw it, I thought it was passable. And the third time I saw it, I was weeping uncontrollably, and I loved it. I buy the Blu-ray. First time ever in Star Wars history, I have not opened up a Blu-ray and watched it as soon as I purchased it. No desire. It's still on my shelf wrapped up. As uh, As we get farther and farther away from the release, the initial release of this film, Mark Hamill is like tripling down on the shit he's saying about not being happy with the film and Ryan Johnson's approach. And the more I learn about what Ryan Johnson did with this film, the more I'm not liking it. Uh, For instance, the Willem scream, which is a famous sound effect in, in Hollywood. It's this guy. Willem did it in an old Western and movie or auteurs will put it in to to the sound bed somewhere as sort of a wink to one another it's that wow yeah wilhelm wilhelm scream yeah. yeah it's been in every star wars movie every indiana jones movie ever ryan johnson doesn't put it in last jedi it's like you know dude you're doing your own fucking trilogy don't put it in that one but can you just play ball with the with the you're you're in the second to last of the nine fucking movies of the Skywalker story. I'm gonna put a quick pause on this. What? Do you seriously give a fuck 
that they didn't do the Wilhelm scream? I don't give a fuck that they didn't do the Wilhelm scream. I think it's just a small representation of the guy being it's it's not just that. It's also him now Simon Pegg is coming out and being like he didn't follow the storyline JJ Abrams was trying to set up with Force Awakens. People now, as I said last week, are now coming out and saying, like, you know what? Maybe the prequels aren't that bad. At least they've tried to fucking stay in. Mm-hmm. But apparently this guy just came in and was like, I'm going to do my own thing. And for some reason, got a big thumbs up from the studio on it. And, you know, it's not a bad film. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of dog shit in it. There was a lot of stuff that didn't need to be in there. Did you watch the documentary? No. I've I've followed it all. I've, I don't need to watch the documentary. I've read every fucking news story that's come out about the beef between these two or this, you know, not beef, but I'm sure they're on speaking terms. But it's just disappointing to me. It's just disappointing to me. It's it, 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 it's got a it's got a hot injection of Disney in it. I don't got any problem with Disney. I didn't have a problem when they bought the company. I was excited about that. Um, but, you know, it rings you know uh, or, or or it's excuse me it echoes uh what a lot of these comic book movies that disney's doing now you know are it's the same elements it's jokes that don't fit things tonally that don't really make a whole lot of sense but overall is it a bad picture no right so i'm happy jj's back for the next one i hope he fixes this uh I pray to God Luke Skywalker is not dead yet because I feel like we didn't get what we were sort of waiting for, which was a. Re- they gave it to us with. Abrams knew what he was doing. Yeah, he gave it to you with Han. He was like, you want fucking Han Solo? Here's Han Solo. And he gave you a nice send off. We didn't really get that with Luke, and it's kind of a bummer, especially now that Carrie Fisher's dead, which nobody was expecting. So I, I, I don't know. This was the best movie for luke that there's been that's absurd i mean i I loved luke's business in this i didn't think the movie was excellent i did like it but all of luke's second half stuff brushing off the shoulder bit i loved uh, i loved uh the sacrifices he made i loved it i know the parts you loved about luke in this Mm -hmm. they're five minutes of the movie right it's five minutes the rest of the movie is him walking around an island drinking blue milk out of a rubber tit. Well, no, that happens for 10 seconds. But they I cut just, out. Let me tell you one of the scenes they cut out. One of the deleted. This is what I mean, where you're like, what the fuck are you doing, guys? Thank God you got your fucking. Uh, who's the guy that was married to, to Jennifer Aniston? Justin Trudeau, whatever his name is. Thoreau. Or Thoreau. Thank God you got his fucking cameo in there that made no sense and was pointless to the fucking movie. Because the scene that they cut out that Ryan Johnson said, quote, I feel it slowed down the film too much is the fucking scene where after Luke finds out Han Solo, his best friend in the world, died, goes behind closed doors and starts to weep. But he has to hide it from Ray because he can't show that he's got emotion to her. Mm -hmm. They cut that out of the fucking movie. And even Mark Hamill was like, oh, no, yeah, you got time to watch me drinking blue milk out of an alien's boob. But, uh, you know, don't don't show me have a human emotion in the fucking movie. He's I think, right. I think people just know too much. It's not too much. It's, it's, I'm listening. You're getting yourself worked up over this. <laughs> it's a child's movie. I don't need this from you. <laughs> Be supportive. I mean, it, it's just that we're 40 years after Star Wars. Like there, there's going to be new stories that spring up. And who cares? I think Ryan Johnson thought he was an, a real artist here and got real cute with everything. And I don't think he made the best decisions. That's all. And for a guy with such discerning taste about what should or shouldn't be in the movie, he didn't have the fucking insight to cut a goddamn call waiting joke out of the top of the fucking film. Right off the right off the bat. So it's stuff like that that irks me a little bit. It's every Star Wars, a trademark of the Star Wars movies is I've got a bad feeling about this. Mm-hmm. It's not in the fucking movie. Why? Because he has the BB-8 robot say it in beeps. And he's like, yeah, that was just my way of doing it different. It's like, don't just do just do it the way you're supposed to fucking do it. 
Like it, this isn't your thing. It's 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 a part. It's bigger than you. <laughs> it, it just but bothers me. How many movies have to have the same line? It's stupid. It's not stupid to Star Wars fans. It's nine movies. It's a nine-part story. If the first goddamn seven have the line in it, put it in part eight too. BB-8 said it. Okay. And beeps. That's yeah. the way he likes to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a lot of it's a lot of precious. You know, look how look how quirky I am. I did it my way, and I don't like it. I'm sorry. All right, uh, but you want but, a company man? Well, you got Ron Howard directing Han Solo, so you'll, you'll get that company. Man. I can't fucking wait to see Han Solo. All right, and I it think looks, it's going to be good. Looks like something I I may catch while it's still in theaters. It looks stupid. Why does it look stupid? I, I I'm not interested in anyone or anything in it. Who's it? It's the the kid from. Hail Caesar? Yeah. They were like, that guy's funny in one scene. Let's give him the most beloved character <laughs> in sci-fi history. And then who else is in it? Forrest Whitaker, probably. Your boy Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Uh, Thandie Newton. I like Woody Harrelson when he's not in space or apes or other things. He's playing a scumbag in it. I'm excited. Donald right. Glover playing Lando. I'm in. I'm on, I'm on for that. Chewbacca. You'll hate this, too. You'll be screaming about this in a month. Have you ever heard me scream in anger about a Star Wars movie? And I'm not even saying I hate The Last Jedi. I'm just saying it could have been a lot better. Maybe I'm wrong. What about the viewing where you wept through it? Does that suddenly have no meaning to you? I was, it was, it was, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm mixed up. I can't tell how I feel. It's because you're reading too much. Right now, I'm mad about it. You're a kid, you go to a movie, you're like, I don't even know what this is. I miss those feelings, frankly. I have something for scary stuff. What is it? You saw a fucking crow outside or something? And- well, let me ask you. Do we consider anything <laughs> horror, sci-fi, fantasy about the movie Caddyshack? No, Pat. What about the gopher? You're doing this to piss me off. What about the gopher? <laughs> Isn't that f- fantasious? N- n- no, it's a shitty joke in an otherwise great movie. Then I'll keep it quick. I want you ask first, does this meet the guidelines? I, I say, absolutely not. Related. And then you say, well, I'm going to do it anyway. I listened to the audiobook Caddyshack, The Making of a Hollywood Cinderella Story, which I've had so many books waiting to be listened to that, that have been sitting on there for years. I listened to this eight-hour Caddyshack book in okay. about two days. And I knew everything in it. And especially coming off the heels of that stupid and futile gesture, the will forte movie it's i've heard these stories a thousand times there was essentially no new information if you're if you like caddyshack and don't know anything about its production or anything about the national lampoon or the harvard lampoon or about doug kenny maybe killing himself or chevy chase or then it's for you i still listen to it in the same way like if they're doing an e true hollywood story of ghostbusters i'll sit down and watch it even though i know everything about that movie but they could have dug a little deeper is all I'm saying. All I know is there's a lot of cocaine. I enjoyed hearing about Dangerfield and, and Ted Knight and Bill Murray and all this. So not only does your thing not meet the requirements yeah. of the segment. There's a gopher. But then your thing that didn't meet the requirements, you're not even doing it about that thing. You're doing it about a behind the scenes of that thing. I'm doing it about the book. We're so far removed at this point. Scary stuff is if you re- if you if I read a book about uh, the making of it, that would work, right? Well, we, because it fits into the segment. This has a gopher. I thought maybe you'd say I saw Caddyshack and I never realized how lifelike that gopher was. No, I mean, of course, I've seen Caddyshack many times, but but uh, all right, uh, good enough. Let's get to the. Whew, I just got an insane. I'd almost call it a lust for alcohol. Just wafted <laughs> over me. You're, it's time then. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You don't have to go crazy this weekend. It'll be a. It'll be a reserved weekend. Yeah, you know how that goes in Vegas. You just have a couple drinks. Keep everything in bounds. Don't do anything stupid. Well, and and it's free to drink also. <laughs> Yeah, you won't sit at a blackjack table cursing the dealer. <laughs> Bottomless cup of Shut fucking this up gin. Your ass.
Uh, yeah, we're talking today about one of, if anybody asks me, what's like your underrated horror movie? If, if they're a true horror aficionado, and I know they probably have seen everything, I always recommend Lucky McKee's May. Great picture. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like it's kind of a novice, I say, do you ever catch Stir of Echoes? And most of the time they haven't. Stir of Echoes was absolutely buried by the sixth sense. The previews looked identical, and everybody went to see The Sixth Sense. Nobody saw Stir of Echoes. Right. But I got to tell you, I think it's a fantastic movie based on a Richard Matheson story or novel? Story, I believe. No, I think novel. Excuse me. You ever read it? I haven't read that one. I've only read Matheson's short stories. He's he's one of my favorite writers, um, but I do. I'm much more a short story guy than a novel guy. Uh, it's done by David Kep, who wrote, you know, many huge movies including jurassic park um it's a great Kevin Something Bacon window what's that he wrote that johnny depp window that was a bad movie what was that called secret window secret window that was bad ghost town he's a great adapter of stuff for sure yeah he's writing uh, the new uh, latest indiana jones yes except for that he no he's writing the new one you don't know if it's going to be bad i have my suspicions <laughs> uh stir of echoes is basically a movie about uh, a man, Kevin Bacon, who starts seeing uh, disturbing visions. He's uh, some are about the death of a. I don't know. I don't know what I'm spoiling because I haven't seen it in a while. But uh, you know, he has visions. Uh, one of the most disturbing scenes of yanking a tooth out of his head. He always wakes up. He can't get enough orange juice. Uh, he's just going through some shit, and little by little, he starts putting together sort of a murder mystery that took place in the past. Right. Through using his visions. Uh, and that sounds a little hokey, but it's a really intense, scary, well done movie that I think does more than the average movie with character development as well. Him and his wife, Catherine Irby, I love them as a couple. Just rooting for them, the mm-hmm. kid. Um, I just think it's a very well done movie. Scary, spooky, fun. I had not seen the movie until recently, um, and the reason I watched it was because I at one point had a DVD of the film, and I had traded it for credit at a store uh, with some other DVDs uh, without having watched it, and I was told not only by Pat, but some listeners of the show, that I'd made a terrible mistake. I said, well, you know, what did I miss? It's just one of those run-of-the-mill Kevin Bacon horror movies. Everybody said, no, 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 it's great, it's great, it's great. You made a mistake, and I regretted it ever since. So I uh, found the movie on HBO Go, was pleased to see that. Uh, I watched it. Uh, it was buried by The Sixth Sense. The only reason I could tell that that happened was that because The Sixth Sense was a good movie, and this oh. was oh. a derivative, boring, paint-by-numbers, who-gives-a-fuck I figured it out in the first 12 minutes. Huh. Now, maybe I needed to see it 20 years ago when it came out, and it would have had a few more surprises, but... Yeah, I mean, that, that's when I saw it. I was in high school. Uh, I rewatched it about a year back with my lady friend. I was just as enamored with it. I thought it was a great picture. I think it, uh, from the top of this thing, you know Kevin Bacon's a good guy. You know he didn't kill this girl. You know that the girl almost immediately means no harm to him or to the family. Mm-hmm. So immediately you're like, okay, clearly the girl died in the house. She's trying to get a message to him. Six cents style. Solve my murder. Right. And then at that point, the only question is, well, who did what to this girl? Is it his creepy landlord? Which it does turn out that his landlord was involved. And yeah, whatever. That all being said, bad movie. No, just something I'll never, ever watch ever again. I just didn't care. Um, I thought atmospherically it did a decent job. Uh, Not too many jump scares because Mm -hmm. it was made in a time when jump scares weren't the only way you were allowed to scare somebody. So I appreciated that. I thought it was well acted, but it played for me more like a good, you know, like a like a better episode of like a maybe like a sci fi anthology TV show or something. It didn't. It didn't resonate for me like a great film that I'd want on my shelf and want to watch. Fair enough. More than once. I haven't seen any of the sequels or anything like that. I think they're pretty diminishing returns. Uh, but who stars in the sequels? I don't know. 
I can check. I'll check. While you you talk what you were going to say, and I'll look. Yeah, I just... Um, I think maybe it, it was helped by diminished expectations or something as well because no one talked about it. And I was just like, man, this is really fucking good. And every time I told a friend, they would watch it and say, you're right, that was really fucking good. Um, so I'm, I'm disappointed to hear you say that, Joe, frankly. I knew you would be. Uh, you but got you felt the same for Tremors. Maybe you have an issue with Kevin Bacon. I, I love Kevin Bacon. You got Ileana Douglas in this thing. You got Catherine Erb. Uh, Kevin Dunn, who I always like quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, and I thought I thought all the flashbacks and like the 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 football town, and then when you find out what did happen to the girl, it's like really kind of weird and disturbing, and it's very disturbing. I, I mean, I I don't know. I thought it was very effective, and it's a Richard Matheson story who people seem to love, and I I would imagine it's a pretty good and faithful adaptation. I love Richard Matheson. What's you know, he did? What I am Legend? Yes, Rob Lowe. Stars oh, okay. in Stir of Echoes 2, The Homecoming. Uh, its only connection to the previous work is the inclusion of Jake Witzke, who Who's had a key that? role in the original film. That's the, the kid in the original okay. film. Uh, How did they th- just have the kid? The kid got separated from his parents? This movie comes out six years after the original, roughly seven. No, eight years, excuse me, after the original. Oh, so he's grown up. And the kid is played by a completely different actor who's a full, fully aged adult at this point. Okay. So uh, it was a straight to DVD. Um, uh, now, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. All right. I was on a bit of a Kevin Bacon kick. Yeah, and I saved this. I didn't use this in movie corner, so I could even talk with about your it high now. cholesterol. You were on a bacon kick. Hey, thank you. I uh, after I watched this, I almost immediately watched The Darkness, starring Kevin Bacon. Which The, the Darkness? Whew! Never even heard of it. Whew! What's the darkness? Stars him. Stars I've the seen lady. The ghost and the darkness. Stars the lady from Melinda and Melinda, the Woody Allen movie, who plays Melinda. What? Plays his wife. The kid who plays Bruce Wayne on Gotham plays the son. Twenty sixteen. Same fucking thing. They're in a house. The kids seeing visions. Okay. What's he seeing? What's going on? Walsh, let me tell you something. Yeah. That fucking movie. I mean, that made Stir of Echoes look like the fucking Presidio or something like, you know, I mean, the Presidio (laughs) with Mark Harmon. That's your gold standard. I never saw the Presidio. I just remember it got a Presidio. I've never seen it. I don't even know what it is. I just remember it got a lot of talk when I was a kid and I thought it was like supposed to be a good movie. Holy shit. What what is it? Don't think it was even well reviewed. (laughs) I just remember the box. It was Mark Harmon and Sean Connery. All right. It makes it made Stir of Echoes look like an officer and a gentleman is my point to okay. me. This thing, the darkness, holy Christ. Terrible. I see Paul Reiser was involved. Paul Reiser is in it. Yeah. Who plays an asshole through the entire movie. Like a sort of likable asshole, but yeah. like a jerk, like a big mouth and whatever. And uh, Kevin Bacon is like mad at his wife and he's like, Paul Reiser plays his boss. There's a scene where they all go out to dinner and the wife is like, our son's having problems. And Kevin Bacon is basically like, yeah, uh, we got to go. Well, check, please. And then they're in the car and Bacon's like, you can't open, you can't get through one goddamn dinner without you talking about our kids' problems. Now my boss is going to think that I'm nuts and Uh I can't, you know, he's so offended. And uh, she's like, your boss is a loudmouth asshole. He barrels over people. I don't care what he thinks, you know, whatever. And then, like, the next scene is Paul Reiser being like, what's going on, buddy? And Kevin Bacon's like, my son keeps seeing a ghost. And Paul Reiser, who plays a loudmouth steamroller through the entire film, goes, you know, I got to tell you, we took our kid once to this shaman. Make fun all you want. But we followed the steps, and the kid was better. Just give this lady a call. And that's okay. how they find the, like, oh, Zelda got lady. You've got a good shaman recommendation. <laughs> it is a fucking pile. Does Paul Reiser at any time say, I, I've never been a, never been a, uh, a darkness guy. I, I, I like the light. The darkness, not, not so much. <laughs> is that, what is that? I remember, like, his catchphrase on Mad About You was, eh, of course, I like uh, Danish. Donuts, not so much. 
not it's not funny. But not so much was his catchphrase. Not so much. Mad about you coming back to television as well. It is. That's right. Shut the fuck up. I won't. It's true. Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser. They're still mad about each other. <laughs> After all these years. They're 75 years old. Yeah. What is this show going to be about? The whole point was that they were like a young married couple. Right. I guess now it's the ravages of time. <laughs> what it does to a marriage. Incontinence. I'm developing hiccups. I'm starving. I need to wrap this up. Oh, now who's watching the clock? Remember when I said, let's get to the movie so we can... I can't even see the clock. I'm just saying... We're over an hour. I'm just saying the audience isn't helped by you going, well, we're at 37 minutes. I was trying to help you out because you can't see the damn clock. All right, folks, that's our show. Hey, listen, watch uh, By Night Origins on Amazon Prime. I'm in it, and it turned out well, and I'm happy with it, proud of it. Give it a watch, would you please? Give it a nice review if you like. Uh, also, I'll be at the um, uh, end of May, last week of May, I'll be at a Rooster Teeth Feathers in uh, Silicon Valley, California, uh, and Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Patrick Walsh. Please send your thoughts that Joe has a little drink this weekend at my bachelor party. <laughs> and if you've got uh, gifts you want to send, blenders, etc., just send them to the hog house. I'll get them there. That's the end of the show. So we'll see you next time, which we don't know what the next one will be. No. It's anybody's guess. And we'll see you in hell. That was a HeadGum Podcast.